Chapter 3 In the cold hour before dawn, the bull terrier awoke, then staggered painfully to his feet. He was trembling with cold and was extremely hungry and thirsty. He walked stiffly in the direction of a pool nearby, passing on his way the cat, who was crouched over something held between his paws. The terrier heard a crunching sound as the cat's jaws moved and wagging his tail in interest, he moved over to investigate. The cat regarded him distantly, then stalked away, leaving the carcass. But to the terrier, it was a disappointing mess of feathers only. He drank long and deeply at the pool, and on his return, he tried the feathers again, for he was ravenous, but they stuck in his gullet, and he wrenched them out. He nibbled at some stalks of grass, then delicately, his lips rolling back over his teeth, picked a few overripe strawberries from a low bush. He'd always liked to eat domestic raspberries this way, and although the taste was reassuringly familiar, it did nothing to appease his hunger. He was pleased to see the young dog appear presently, who wagged his tail and licked the other's face, then followed resignedly when a move was made towards the direction of the road. They were followed a few moments later by the cat, who was still licking his lips after his feathery breakfast. In the gray light of dawn, the trio continued down the side of the road until they reached a point where it took a right-angled turn. Here they hesitated before a disused logging trail that led westward from the side of the road, its entrance almost concealed by overhanging branches. The leader lifted his head and appeared almost as though he were searching for the scent of something, some reassurance. And apparently he found it, for he led his companions up the trail between the overhanging trees. The going here was softer. The middle was overgrown with grass and the ruts on either side were full of dead leaves. The close growing trees, which almost fed overhead, would afford more shade when the sun rose higher. These were all considerations that the old dog needed for he had been tired today even before he started, and his pace was already considerably slower. Both dogs were very hungry and watched enviously when the cat caught and killed a chipmunk as they were resting by a stream in the middle of the day. But when the old dog advanced with a hopeful wag of his tail, the cat growling retreated into the bushes with his prey. Puzzled and disappointed, the terrier sat listening to the crunching sounds inside the bushes, saliva running from his mouth. A few minutes later, the cat emerged and sat down daintily, cleaning his whiskers. The old dog licked the black Siamese face with his panting tongue and was affectionately patted on the nose in return. Restless with hunger, he wandered up the banks of the creek, investigating every rock and hollow pushing his hopeful nose through the tunnels of withered sedge and into the yielding earth of molehills. Sadly, he lay down by the unrewarding blueberry bush, drew his paws down tightly over his blackened face, and then licked the dirt off them. The young dog, too, was hungry, but he would have to be on the verge of starvation before the barriers of 
deep-rooted Labrador heredity would be broken down. For generations, his ancestors had been bred to retrieve without harming, and there was nothing of the hunter in his makeup. As yet, any killing was abhorrent to him. He drank deeply at the stream and urged his companions on. The trail ran high over the crest of this hilly, wooded country, and the surrounding countryside below was filled with an overwhelming beauty of color. The reds and vermilions of the occasional maples, pale birch and yellow poplar, and here and there the scarlet clusters of mountain ashberries against a rich dark green background, spruce and pine and cedar. Several times they passed log ramps built into the side of the hill picking their way across the deep ruts left by the timber sleighs below. And sometimes they passed derelict buildings and rank overgrown clearings, old stables for the bush horses living, living and living quarters for the men who had worked there a generation ago. The windows were broken and sagging and weeds were growing up between the floorboards. And even one old rusted cook stove had fireweeds springing from the firebox. The animals, strangely enough, did not like these evidences of human occupation and skirted them as far as possible, hair raised along their backs. Late in the afternoon, the old dog's pace had slowed down to a stumbling walk, and it seemed as if only sheer determination were keeping him on his feet at all. He was dizzy and swaying, and his heart was pounding. The cat must have sensed this general failing, for he now walked steadily beside the dogs, very close to his tottering old friend, and uttered plaintive, worried bleats. Finally, the old dog came to a standstill by a deep rut half filled with muddy water. He stood there as if he had not even the strength to step around it. His head sagged and his whole body was trembling. Then as he tried to lap the water, his legs seemed to crumple under him, and he collapsed, half in and half out of the rut. His eyes were closed, and his body moved only to the long, shallow, shuddering breaths that came at widening intervals. Soon he lay completely limp and still. The young dog became frantic now, he whined as he stretched at the edge of the rut, then nudged and pushed with his nose, doing everything in his power to rouse the huddled, unresponsive body. Again and again he barked, and the cat growled softly and continuously, walking back and forth and rubbing his whole length against the dirty, muddied head. There was no response to their attention. The old dog lay unconscious and remote. The two animals grew silent and sat by his side, disturbed and uneasy, until at last they turned and left him, neither looking back, the Labrador disappearing into the bushes, for the crack of broken branches marked his progress farther and farther away. The cat, stalking a partridge, which had appeared at the side of the trail some hundred yards away, and was pecking unconcernedly at the sandy dirt. But at the shrill warning of a squirrel, it flew off across the trail with sudden whir into the trees, 
while the cat was still some distance away. Undaunted, still licking his lips in anticipation, the cat continued around a bend in the trail in search of another and was lost to sight. The shadows lengthened across the deserted track and the evening wind sighed down, sighed down it to, a sw- to sweep a flurry of whispering leaves across the rut. Their brown brittleness light as a venison as they drifted across the unheeding white horn. The curious squirrel peered in bright-eyed wonder from a nearby tree, clucking softly to itself. A shrew ran halfway across, paused and ran back, and there was a soft sound of wings as a whiskey jack landed and swayed to and fro on a birch branch, tilting his head to one side as he looked down and called to his mate to come and join him. The wind died away. A sudden hush descended. Suddenly there was the sound of a heavy body pushing through the underbrush, accompanied by a sharp cracking of branches, and the spell was broken. (laughs) Chattering shrilly in alarm and excitement, the squirrel ran up the trunk of the tree, and the whiskey jacks flew off. Now onto the trail on all fours scampered a half-grown bear cub, round furry ears pricked, and small deep-set eyes alight with curiosity in the sharp little face as he beheld the old dog. There was a grunting, snuffling sound in the bush behind the cub. His mother was investigating a rotten tree stump. The cub stood for a moment and then hesitantly advanced towards the rut where the terrier lay. He sniffed around, wrinkling his facile nose at the unfamiliar spell. Then he reached out a long curved black paw and tapped the white head. For a moment, the mists of unconsciousness cleared and the old dog opened his eyes, aware of danger. The cub sprang back in alarm and watched from a safe distance. Seeing that there was no further movement, he loped back and cuffed again with his paw, this time harder, and watched for a response. Only enough strength was left in the old dog for a valiant baring of his teeth. He snarled faintly with pain and hatred, and his shoulder was raked by the wicked claws of the excited excited cub, and he made an attempt to struggle to his feet. The smell of the drawn blood excited the cub further. He straddled the dog's body and started to play with the long white tail, nibbling at the end like a child with a new toy. But there was no response. All conscious effort drained. The old dog no longer felt any pain or indignity. He lay as though asleep, his eyes veiled and unseeing, his lips still curled in a snarl. Around the bend in the trail, dragging a large dead partridge by the wing came the cat. The wing sprang back softly from his mouth as he gazed transfixed at the scene before him. In one split second, a terrible transformation took place. His blue eyes glittered hugely and evilly in the black masked face, and every hair on the wheat-colored body stood upright so that he appeared twice his normal size. Even the chocolate-colored tail puffed up as it switched from side to side. He crouched low to the ground, tensed and ready, 
and uttered a high, ear-splitting scream. As the startled cub turned, the cat sprang. He landed on the back of the dark bird neck, clinging with his monkey-like hind legs while he raked his claws across the cub's eyes. Again and again he raked with the terrible talons, hissing and spitting in murderous devilry until the cub was screaming in pain and fear, blinded with blood, making ineffectual brushing movements with his paws to dislodge the unseen horror on his back. His screams were answered by a thunderous roar as the huge black she-bear crashed through the bushes and rushed to the cub. She swiped at the clinging cat with a tremendous paw, but the cat was too quick for her, and with a hiss of fury, leapt to the ground and disappeared behind a tree. The unfortunate cub's head received the full force of the blow, and he was sent spinning across the track into the bushes. In a blind, frustrated rage, maddened by the cries of her cub, the mother turned for something on which to vent her fury and saw the still figure of the old dog. Even as she lumbled, lumbered, snarling towards him, the cat distracted her attention with a sudden leap to the side of the track. The bear halted, then reared up to full height for attack, red eyes glinting savagely, neck outstretched, and head, head weaving from side to side in a menacing, snake-like way. The cat uttered another banshee scream and stepped forward with a stiff-legged sideways movement, his squinting, terrible eyes fixed on his enormous adversary. Something like fear or indecision crept into the bear's eyes as the cat advanced. She, shuff she shuffled back a step with lowered head, slow, deliberate, purposeful, the cat came on. Again, the bear retreated, bewildered by the tactics of this terrible small animal, distraught by her cubs whimpering, slowly falling back before the relentless inch-by-inch inch advance. Now the cat stopped and crouched low, lashing his tail from side to side. The bear stopped too, shifting her weight uneasily before the spring that must follow longing to decamp, but afraid to turn her back. A sudden crackle of undergrowth turned the huge animal into a statue, rigid with apprehension. And when a great dog sprang out of the bush and stood beside the cat, teeth bared and snarling, every hair on his russet back and ruff erect, she dropped to all fours, turned swiftly, and fled towards her cub. There was a last growl of desperate bravado, from the bush and a whimpering cry. And then the sounds of the bear's escape receded in the distance. Finally, all was quiet again. The curious squirrel leapt from his ringside seat and scrambled further down the trunk of the tree. The cat shrank back to his normal size. His eyes regained their usual cool, detached look. He shook each paw distastefully in turn, glanced briefly at the limp, muddy bundle by his feet, blood oozing from four deep gashes on the shoulder, then turned and sauntered slowly down the track towards the partridge. 
The young dog nosed his friend all over, his lips wrinkling the rank bear smell, and then attempted to stanch the wounds with his rough tongue. He scratched fresh leaves over the blood-stained ones, then barked by the old dog's head, but there was no response. At last he lay down panting on the grass. His eyes were uneasy and watchful. The hairs that stood upright in a ridge on his back, and from time to time he whined in perplexity. He watched the cat drag a large gray bird almost up to the nose of the unconscious dog, and then slowly and deliberately begin to tear at the bird's flesh. He growled softly, but the cat ignored him and continued his tearing and eating. Presently, the enticing smell of raw, warm meat filtered into the old dog's senses. He opened one eye and gave an appreciative sniff. The effect was galvanizing. His muddied, half-chewed tail stirred, and he raised his shoulders, then his forelegs with a convulsive effort, like an old workhorse getting up after a fall. He was a pitiful sight. The half of his body that had lain in the rut was black and soaking, while the other half was streaked and stained with blood. He looked like some grotesque harlequin. He trembled violently and uncontrollably throughout the length of his body. But in the sunken depths of the slanted black current eyes, there was a faint gleam of interest, which increased as he pushed his nose into the still warm bundle of soft gray feathers. This time there was no growling rebuff over the prey. Instead, the cat sat down a few yards away, studied, studiedly aloof and indifferent then painstakingly washed down the length of his tail. When the end twitched, he pinned it down with a paw. The old dog ate, crunching the bones ravenously with his blunt teeth. Even as his companions watched him, a miraculous strength slowly seeped back into his body. He dozed for a while, a feather hanging from his mouth, then woke again, to finish the last morsel. By nightfall, he was able to walk over the soft grass at the side of the track, where he lay down and blinked happily at his companions, wagging his pitiful tail. The Labrador lay down beside him and licked the wounded shoulder. An hour or two later, the purring cat joined him, carelessly dropping another succulent morsel by his old friend's nose. This was a deer mouse, a little creature with big eyes and long hind legs like a miniature kangaroo. It was swallowed with a satisfying gulp, and soon the old dog slept. But the cat purring against his chest and the young dog curled at his back were wakeful and alert most of the remaining night. Neither one moved from his side. Read the next chapter, read the next chapter, read the next chapter, read the next chapter, read the next chapter. Read the next chapter. Thank you.